This is Fandom Buzz. Today's episode is called Les Miserables Into the Badlands, Bleach Fanfiction, and Storm from the X-Men. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody. everybody! Welcome to episode 14, I want to say. Yes, I believe we're in My goodness, 14. I hope, well, we're still, uh, we're still in quarantine, right? I mean, yes. at least, uh, you know, sheltering in place, lockdowns are still about, I mean, not us personally, but, but you know, um, it is a thing these days, and uh, we're hoping everybody is staying safe, staying healthy. We hope everybody's um, trying not to go too stir-crazy, I want to say. Hopefully. That is the goal and the, and the hope, but, uh, but yeah, um, obviously, since... Uh, sort of like um, the new normal, uh, which is, you know, being cooped up and stuff means we're we're really only just reading the same things. And since we do this weekly, um, we're still into the same stuff, <laughs> which we hope so. for the first time in a long time, we're going to have a short show today. Something nice, you know, to pass the time, that kind of deal. But at the same time, with a little bit of new things. So on that note, hope everybody's doing well and, and, and okay still. And uh, it's time for a little uh, bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. Bookish buzz. So what have we got? What is buzzing? What is happening? What is going on? Well, we don't have much this week, or at least I don't have much this week. But first, we're going to kick off with some... Doesn't mean it's not big news, though. Pretty... Uh, for, well, for we're gonna, we're saving that for last. But first, <laughs> we're going to talk about the fact that a romance novel that I really enjoyed that came out last year called The Bromance Book Club has actually been optioned by Netflix. Hey! I think it would be so great cool. if they decided to adapt it in case you guys have haven't heard of the romance book club it's basically the story of this guy his marriage is kind of falling apart and so he wants to fight for his marriage to stay you know a marriage and Mm. he gets invited by one of his friends to join this book club and they dub the book club the bromance book club because it's essentially a group of guy friends who all come together to read romance novels and basically try to understand relationships and what women want out of them it's super cute and i think it would be really fun to see it adapted oh yeah for sure and of course the biggest news which dropped today the day you're getting this podcast i think (laughs) is that stephanie meyer announced that midnight sun which is the well we'll get to that in a second is coming out on august 4th uh this is basically twilight but from edward cullen's perspective so you're going to get more of his history and his feelings and his thoughts and stuff like that and it's said to have inspir- drawn inspiration from Hades and Persephone, which, I mean, I personally am not interested in reading it because I really would rather have had the sequel to The Host, but that's just my opinion. I know a lot of other people are very excited for this, so good for you guys. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. Okay, lockdown confession time. I might give it a shot. <laughs> I am not. I would not be shocked. I honestly would not. Okay, you're talking about the dude who is like, you know, who when the Twilight movies came out, I watched the first Twilight movie, and my first reaction was, it's actually not as bad as everybody thinks. I mean, it's not great either, and that's my personal opinion that it's not that kind of, like, it's not going to win an Oscar. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that level of great, but it's not, like, I've seen, like, worse movies. Like, I've literally seen... Oh, I've seen worse movies too. You know, (laughs) where I'm just like, why am I even here? And so I'm watching this thing, and I think the makeup's a little cakey, but I thought, all right, fine, another... Like, interestingly enough, and this is terrible now that I realize it, I had less, like, feelings of, like, this is not great watching Twilight than when I was watching the first, like, the pilot episode of The Vampire Diaries, which is a shocker to me as we talk about this. Um, so, so low-key, and so, of course, I did not read the first Twilight book. I did not read, what was the second one? I can't one? believe you didn't read any of them. I, no, no, that, I'm, getting, I'm getting there. I did not read um, New, New Moon. Moon. 
I think I read um, uh, uh, what was it? What was it? Um, Eclipse. Eclipse. I think I read Eclipse. I'm not too sure. But the fact that I remember nothing at all means I probably didn't and I just watched the movies. But I know for sure that I've read like Breaking Dawn, like Memory of Taurus. Only because, only because, in my defense, I really like the vampire lore about how like vampire powers are like... Hey man, you don't need to defend anything. (laughs) (laughs) I like vampire, like, you know, like fingerprints and stuff like that. And for whatever bloody reason, I read Brie Tanner. I don't like that. Brie Tanner is actually the only thing I haven't read because I've read everything else. It's actually, well, no, because I kind of like, you know, like Jodel Ferland, who is one of my, you know, like I loved her as an actress, played Brie Tanner in like the Eclipsing. So I thought she would have a bigger role and she didn't. And maybe they got her because they were hoping that they could spin her off into the little Brie Tanner like thing. I would not be surprised. But um, that didn't happen. And I, I, and again, Brie Tanner's not the worst thing that I've, I've read in a long time or, or at all. So What standard you've got? What standard? <laughs> So on that note, on that note, and, and I and I and I bag on the Shadow Hunters like all like I don't like all the time, and yet I'm weirdly maybe because because you know like maybe because I did there was something about Twilight that I'm just like huh, and then everything else I just kind of sweep under the rug, but um but yeah so I low key might actually go for I mean Midnight I'm, Sun. I'm I will support it <laughs> anyway anyway moving forward moving forward do I you think have I th- any uh, bookish buzz no sure. no there's there's nothing there's nothing sort of new uh buzzing around sort of in my particular if anything it, you know that was my little bit um because midnight sun man i mean ever since they leaked it i thought oh man and then i go through the whole series and i'm eating oreos the entire time every time they say a really terrible line and i'm like mm, all right, right. oh maybe i'll do that um, so for anyone who's actually listening and can comment on Alexa's, like, that's how we know. Um, I may end up just sort of, like, v- vlogging, like, Midnight Sun. And if there's, like, lines that oh, I'm just man, like, oh, should. my God, what is you this line? You should vlog I, it. I have to oh, eat, Oh, my goodness. Like, I think you should vlog right? it. Right? Like, that would be... would be hilarious for me. That would be personally, great. Personally, Like, be I almost kind of want to buddy vlog it with DJ. Like, he's a fan and I'm, like, not, but have been known to consume the series and be sympathetic, even if I'm clear... You know what I mean? Like... Like, I'm not doing it to make fun of it. I'm like, I'm just, but at the same time, there are, are some, you, aren't li- you though? but there are some lines though that I'm just like, oh my God, what is this line? It, it, it stops there really. It's just that whatever. But since, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Diff- like I, I don't you have I don't, a few months. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> it's, oh, when is it coming out again? I said August On So yeah. So there you go. Okay, cool. Um, on that uh, particular piece of news, we want to start moving forward, shimmying a little into our little games that we like to play. Hmm. Uh, very once again very uh, relevant during the pandemic during the lockdown we are playing a game called Anywhere But Here Fiction Edition Anywhere But Here Fiction Edition okay so in the spirit of completely shameless plugging I am going to be releasing uh, my first ever uh, um, sort of uh, a work I want to say about my first ever it's going to be a novel maybe a no- light no- it's going to be a novella uh, but technically can, can fall into the like the light novel kind of genre and I've been living with these characters so much uh, and, it, and it's it's going to be called tentatively it's called Cold Snap and it centers around Yuki Shiragane uh, who is this kind of like conglomerate you know space experiment who ends up escaping and taking along with her her other fellow experiments although they're they're robots technically and uh, they become sort of like the one of the bright shining weapons against the evil sort of like empire in space and um, and they're a family, and I love them so much. And they they're 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 they're, sh- they're on a ship called the Winter Diamond, and I kind of really want to be there right now. Like I've, 
after an entire like sort of weekend just sort of like finishing this thing and getting it ready and really just get, getting into these characters I kind of want to be on like it, and, and it feels kind of like and it should evoke the same kind of feelings as maybe like the Serenity mm. uh, with you know from, from Firefly or any other kind of spacefaring kind of like this is my crew this is my family type story and since the technology is infinitely you know, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a bridge between Star Trek and Star Wars. We can sort of almost create anything, but you can't. Like with Star Trek, you can you can like materialize anything you want, and that's too easy. Here, people still have to like you know kind of cook and do stuff and, and whatever. But, yeah. the, but the but the tech is a little bit more advanced than Star Wars. So so I kind of want to be there. I kind of want to hang out with it's like like I I'd want to be with the crew, in space, with gravity generators, of course, because that's just you know terrible, and uh, just kind of live that whole kind of semi mercenary spacefaring life. It's kind of exciting. That sounds like fun. Cool. More on that later. Uh-huh. Where, anyway, what do you want to be? Uh, I would like, I just recently finished reading An Enchantment of Ravens by Margaret Rogerson, which we'll talk about a little later, but I would like to be in the village of Whimsy, but I would most specifically like to be in Isabel's house, preferably when like the entire family is there. I just feel like there's something weirdly comforting about her home. Plus she's a painter, so she has a parlor that she uses as her like painting room, and I really want to see that. I think it's just for me that to connect with a character that has a creative like output a creative outlet is what I want to say sorry creative outlet it I think it would just be fun to be there plus it's now perpetually autumn over there and I can't complain about that either ah. so that's where I would like that to is fair that is fair okay cool uh, the next game uh, that we always uh, sort of play is uh, such a soundtrack where we you know take the pick of the I'm week really bad at this you know game. it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it is a variant of the game that I play on this other podcast where, you know, it's called, we, we call it repeat one. Uh, bears a little bit of a reminder why we do this. It's just, it's nice to know what people are listening to. And more importantly, what people are sort of listening to on repeat. So, uh, so there's that. Such a soundtrack. So I've been in a lot of musical collaborations sort of these days about, and not the kind that, you know, you can put on YouTube and maybe get you in trouble because of like the copyright stuff, but the kind where, you know, it's just friends and sort of on friends' walls on Facebook and nobody's monetizing that, so it's free game. And I have two, it's, uh, well, that that one Hallelujah song, right, from, from Sing, uh, done by Tori Kelly because a couple of Alexis friends decided to go for broke and go sing it with all of us. So that's sort of in my head, and it feels exactly like it's used sort of in, like, Sing, where it's the main character's big moment, mm -hmm. and they finally figure out that they can sing by doing, like, some, something super hard, like the Jennifer Hudson version slash Tori Kelly version. So there's that. And then there's this really, 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 like, you, I don't think it's not even on Spotify anymore. Like, the one version of it on Spotify is of a friend that I am doing this with on Facebook, oddly enough. And she hates this version because it's a live version of her back in the days when she was sort of like gigging around and sort of trying her trying to break into the music industry back in back in the Philippines. And she hates this thing because she couldn't hit some of the lower notes. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But I love hearing her sing it. It's called "Any Lucky Penny" by Nikki Hassman, mm. and I really love the song. It was with the Dawson's Creek soundtrack. Yes, I had it on tape, and it just gives you that gives you that sort of like high school in the '90s kind of like early to late '90s kind of feel when you know when you, you know like female pop like was was a little bit you know more like on the emotional kind of singer songwriter side rather than just manufactured here we're gonna make you a big name kind of deal and there were a lot of and they were and they weren't just guitar girls either there there, there was sort of like people in, in the middle and i think nikki hasman's music sort of falls somewhere in the middle of that and it's just mm. really lovely and and um and, and it's got lyrics like uh, dream over me 
with a tear, anything it takes to get you here, you know? Oh, magic and sweet lullabies, any lucky penny will do fine. Oh, to wish me here. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, oh, all that teenage pining. <laughs> you would. I totally, a hundred, let's, are you kidding? I, if, if, if my friend weren't like such an amazing singer, I would, and, and if my voice wasn't like not the greatest match for it, and like if it, sorry, if it were, I would totally co-opt and say, my song, I'm doing this now. But you know, that's not how that's, that's, that's not work. how that works. No, it's not. But what have you been listening to that is, would be lovely soundtrack to your to your reading or your? I mean, books? I've still been pretty much just listening to the same things on repeat. Dua Lipa's new stuff, the anime stuff. It's all been pretty much on repeat. But I did go back and start listening to a playlist that my friend Danica and I put together like a long. Ooh, which time one? Ago. There were so many playlists. No, we have a playlist. It's this massive playlist we call Canon. Because we jokingly like to say that our version of the Naruto world is canon. <laughs> because, you know, certain people don't die. <laughs> and, you know, we get to write characters into that world. So we have this really massive playlist called canon. It's like 13 hours long. <laughs> and it's just full of songs. Like when we hear them, we're like, oh, we have to put that in a canon playlist because that makes sense. Canon. Explain why canon. Because it's our canon. Your canon. Yeah. Got it. So, Got it. So on this playlist, we have a lot of... It's mostly pop and OPM stuff and the one song that I've been listening to the most recently is Burning by Sam Smith which is relatively older because it was released what 2018 I want to say 2017 it was a while ago um it's a very angsty song and that sort of suits the mood I'm in like I I, I don't want angst without a happy ending don't get me wrong but I yeah. do live for like the, like the chapters and chapters of like angst separating the people I want to be together Oh, wow. As Danica can probably attest. As Danica can most likely attest. she's still upset that I haven't fixed certain things. Anyway, (laughs) I I really, really like that song. I mean, I love that whole album, but that particular song from Sam Smith is so good because it's just so descriptive of, like, it could be any kind of relationship, really. It doesn't even have to be a romance, but just the way that it's described in the song. Like, there's a particular lyric that goes... Um, funny how time goes by I had respect for myself but that river ran dry you reached the limit and I wasn't enough it's like the fire replaced all the love Ooh. so good it's so good I really love that song so that's what I'm going to pick for such a soundtrack today uh, make of that are, what you will because songs are stories too yes well, the, you know. anyway anyway that's super cool alrighty in which case uh, it's time to segue a little bit into a little segment we like to call new and for review new and for review. Okay. What do you got? What's on the front burner or rather what's fresh hot off the presses or whatever uh, it is? Well, I haven't really picked up anything that's actually new, if that makes sense. Fair, but right in but, our vicinity. Uh, we recently got a copy of Gotham High in the mail. That's very a graphic nice, novel. Nice. The author for it is Melissa De La Cruz. I'm not sure who the artist is. I have to look that up. But anyway, it's a reimagining of the story of Bruce Wayne, Selena Kyle, and Jack, who Oy. basically are Batman, Catwoman, and the Joker. And they're all in high school in this one, and they're all kind of rebellious. I don't know much more than that, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to checking it out. At least I'm pretty sure it's a graphic novel. I could be wrong about that. Anyway, uh, also, I managed to snag a relatively discounted copy of The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson on ebook because Kristen told me to and I always listen when Kristen tells me to do things so <laughs> there is that awesome I just want to give a shout out to the t- uh, 2020 um, uh, DC animated films ever I think one of these mm-hmm. days I am going to like probably when any one of these two movies come out 
uh, I'm I'm a hundred percent going to probably you know put like DC animated as a as a, like a featured fandom because my goodness that studio oh, yeah, yeah. has been great. putting out great content since literally Batman the animated series back in the nineties. I mean if you if you pick up and, and here's the thing like I remember uh, because you know we probably got it a little later right because we, yeah. we lived in the Philippines for mm-hmm. well oh, I yeah. lived in the Philippines when I was younger. But in the 90s when it came out, X-Men and uh, Batman the Animated Series, like the first ever Marvel, like Marvel and DC sort of titles, I think, that really, really, really sort of uh, broke in through to the 90s, right? I mean, we had older titles, right? You got the Super Friends, you got stuff. But it was sort of when there was a new sort of revival of what a new studio was going to do with these two properties, um, they totally uh, ended up outdoing themselves right so x-men with their iconic like opening theme anybody right my age probably and loves the x-men can air guitar the frag out of that while singing it like that opening theme um (laughs) and it was great but if you compare it with uh the batman animated series writing goodness gracious you've got storm and we'll talk about storm in a little bit because you've got storm uh, in the X-Men series, sort of like with this strange, I don't even know what kind of accent it is, but it's almost kind of like she's a magical girl because she commands the weather with words. Like she doesn't just do stuff. She like every she has to announce what she's doing in the same way that Sailor, and I've, we've had a lot of magical girl action these, the, you know, on TV these days because of the whole, you know, fire soul and the moon healing escalation, all that stuff. Um, or, or even card captor like Sakura has to say windy or whatever right storm no she she's poetic when she does this. arctic winds release the and it's just like that all the time hail rain upon my enemies and I'm just like oh my god so that did not age well like storm is still a badass and, <laughs> and if anybody wants to see the coolest storm like uh, sort of fan made memes you're gonna want to hit up uh, black nerd black nerd problems because they have the best, like, shady Storm and Jean Grey and X-Men. Because they're, they're amazing, amazing content on that on that site. Um, and, and, and they make fun of Storm. Well, not Storm. Jean Grey a lot. It's <laughs> And Storm is, like, such a badass. Anyway, so uh, on that note, uh, um, I know we're supposed to talk about DC. But even in spite of that, if you look at the first... What's, uh, what's my point? You look at the first episode, the pilot episode of Batman the Animated Series. And it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's and it plays to both a younger and an older audience. Like as a kid, you just love the whole noirish, you know, noir noir light, I wanna say. Yeah, that's a new thing we can totally come up with. Okay. Because it's super like it's, it, I mean the animation is a little dark and you've got like, you know, crooks and like crime and you know, a Batman who's more of a detective than he is like super ninja fighter, awesome, you know, like guy, right? Um, though he although we do have moments like that. Uh, when when he does this whole like there was a like he was there was a Zatanna episode where he was learning how to escape chains and stuff that was fun, but um so so this year's um, DC animated movies uh so that's the history they're killing it um is Red Sun, uh Superman Red Sun which is a an Elseworlds story that was its own thing it wasn't like a one shot thing no well what if and it, and it was you know in the in the same line as Marvel's what ifs. Red Sun was a storyline of what if the Kryptonian like baby ship? I don't know what they, what they call it. Pod? I don't. Know. It's pod, I guess. Escape pod? I don't know. Whatever. Don't know the elves what own it, but I don't. Know, right? Lands not in good old Kansas, not even in Gotham, because we talked about that on this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. So we, well, we did. What if it landed in Russia? Ah. So we so literally, you know, the the uh, you you've got a communist uh, supporting Superman, and it is out right now like it, it came out in 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 february 25 uh on, on february 25 
uh, you know, a couple of months ago. So that's definitely worth sort of like a shot. I am subscribed to DC, um, uh, to like to the DC Universe sort of like streaming service where you can watch Titans, mm-hmm. all of the cool stuff. So I'm kind of like copying out and waiting until it sort of shows up there. Because <laughs> that's kind of cool. And then, and then there's Justice League Apocalypse, which is another sort of release uh, this year uh, as well. And um, it's again a con- it, 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 in, in continuity. It is you know um, that that whole uh, dark side sort of coming back, and and it's almost kind of, I feel like it's almost like a recapitulation of like the first episode Justice League War, okay. right? Because that was basically what all, you know the, the physical movie with mm. you know kind of the the Snyder slash Whedon film mm-hmm. uh, with like the big bugs and whatever that was kind of a thing. So yeah, just want to give those two a shout out because DC is awesome. Uh, and uh, and and their animated like you know movie and TV game is just so good and un- unparalleled so far in my humble opinion. Which leads us now to our uh, other game of the, of the day. I think it's our third. I want to say, yeah. and it is a uh, full stream ahead. Full stream ahead. Okay. Uh, full stream ahead is a game where we just talk about well, what are you streaming right now? I actually know have about. an answer. All right. That's different. Well, first of all, let's review. <laughs> so I'm still watching Sailor Moon. That's right. We're at, still at the Sailor Moon or arc, and it's still ridiculous. Although we're finally done with the filler part of it, and now we're sort of into the part that's in the manga. Right. It's nice. I have to say, like, it's been fun, even though I know it's filler and, like, it gets really ridiculous. It's just fun, like, to be back in that world and to, you know... Just yeah, yeah, for sure. Visit everything and kind of like see these, see things that I may not have noticed when I was younger, but certainly notice now as an adult. Anyway, other than that, I actually finally watched Knives Out. Oh hey! So I'm sure most of you have already heard of or seen Knives Out. I did not watch it when I was in theaters, but I'm glad I finally have watched it. So Knives Out is basically sort of a closed-circuit murder mystery centered in one house. It belongs to this family, the Thrombies. And Thrombies. Daniel Craig plays an, ex- an inspector named Benoit Blanc who investigates the circumstances of the death of the patriarch of the family. So it looks like he's committed suicide, but it also seems like that it might not have been suicide. And so it becomes this murder mystery that has a lot of players. It kind of reminds me of Clue. Maybe a little Agatha Christie, but and a little more kind of crazy and it's really in it. Fun, like it. It's out there, but then it also is very well done in the sense that it's the kind of it's the kind of mystery I enjoy because you get enough clues to make you feel like you can also solve the mystery before everyone else does. Because obviously you have a little more information, and it's so good. They just lay everything out so well. You pick things up, and you're like, I got it. And then when you finally get there, maybe you were right, maybe you were wrong. Who knows? It was very cleverly done, and I was thoroughly entertained the entire time I was watching it. So, good times. Pretty good mini yeah, review I of quite Knives enjoyed, Out. I quite enjoyed Knives Out. It's definitely worth watching. So, Knives Out streaming, absolutely cool. Um, I, on the other hand, have been streaming AMC's Into the Badlands. Mm-hmm. And Into the Badlands is the, the, it's the most action movie fun of a of kung fu kind that you can have in a really long time. That is unapologetic about what it is, and rightfully so. First of all, it's it, there's a lot of Asian um, sort of like uh, representation, I want to say, and, and 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 leanings, a lot of uh, uh, stuff because this is a dystopic future where Lord knows after what kind of cata- post after some apocalyptic cataclysm of a technological kind, people are sort of back in a weird kind of feudal, steampunky you know kind of age where 
there's tech, but not enough tech, and there's just enough to sort of get by, but nobody really knows how to do it. Like, there are no mechanics anymore, but there are some cars that probably still work, and these things just wear down unless you figure out some way to jimmy it. So nobody, like, nobody's doing that anymore. And the Badlands, or that whatever area that is, has been uh, ruled by, you know, kind of strong leaders called barons, right, who, again, are the feudal lords of that type. So they mm -hmm. have... Uh, they have um, their own language uh, or, or like terminologies even. So you've got your barons who are your main guys. You've got your regents who are your like, you know, the head of your militia. And the stronger your militia is, the, the more lands you get to conquer. And the badlands have always been at war. Regular people who aren't barons are called cogs. The prostitutes are called dolls. Um, going to a prostitute is, you know, like as a, as a rite of passage, it's called a wicking, you know, that kind of deal, which is lots of cool stuff. And underneath all of that, right, um, uh, clippers, uh, your enforcers, your soldiers. Those are the guys that your regents lead. And um, at, at the center of all of that is Sonny, this, this you know, kind of really cool dude who had, you know, has a dark kind of like past and uh, is secretly in love with with this doctor and, and um, or at least this kind of nurse or whatever that is. And it's just trying to survive in the Badlands while having a heart. And it's dog-eat-dog. -dog. And it's just, it's again. And the, the, the martial arts are completely, you know, over the top. Like, we're talking wires and jumps and stuff. So this is not our Earth. It's some Earth where physics is like suspended at one point in time. And people can do all of those weird, crazy, cool kind of like Kung Fu movie flips and, and kicks and stuff. But in a but in a post-apocalyptic American dystopia, or at least it looks like it's a Western kind of deal, even if there's a lot of Eastern sort of stuff there. The heraldry and the imagery is so great. It reminds me of Hero, that movie by... And that won a, that won an award like an Oscar I think if I'm not mistaken, um, but but where where you know different barons have different you know like color schemes and styles and, and symbols and and that imagery is, it's so lush like for an action movie it's so pr uh, for an action series that is purely like inspired clearly by like the awesome Hong, uh, Hong Kong kung fu movies it's super pretty again it reminds me of Hero which is told in like four parts and like different colors and, and such. So um, that's been a fun. That's been, it's been fun to come back. It's fun to come okay. back to that world. You shut your brain off, and you just watch people beat the crap out of each other okay, in the then. most possible ways. But at the same time, and we'll talk about this maybe some uh, more on, on like another episode. Um, the characters have developed pretty damn well, and there are so many. And literally, everyone is an antihero. Mm. Like nobody is just I'm good. No, everyone has one piece of the puzzle and has something extremely problematic about them, and you don't know who to root for anymore. But it's not like just like depressing like Game of Thrones but it does have that whole you don't know who's gonna land on top kind of deal right so that's always like the fun thing so yeah definitely recommend Into the Badlands uh, for if you want to just shut your brain off it's gonna be cool cool which leads me to always an important question since we do try to still make this like you know well I not not even we it's me this is my I try to make this as bookish a podcast as we can though it's really more geek life than anything uh, with a lot of book roots the fun question, what are you reading right now? Reading right now. Which is a segment and almost kind of like half a, literally half a vlog uh, that basically documents, you know, what's going on. Like, what are you reading? Well, first of all, I, like I mentioned earlier, I finished An Enchantment of Ravens by Margaret Rogerson. So this is basically the story of this artist named Isabel, who is extremely, uh, an extremely talented portrait painter. Um, they call it the craft in the book, and only humans are capable of that. And so one day, a fairy prince from the Kingdom of Autumn wants to have her paint his portrait. She does, but it's discovered that the portrait actually shows his weakness, which is human sorrow. And so he comes to get her, he's going to bring her back to the 
Autumn Lens for like trial, but then they kind of discovered that something else is going on. It's a whole thing. And I went into it with low expectations because I've had a lot of my friends who have read it already say that they didn't necessarily love it as much as they thought they would. And I can see why, in a sense, there's something about the length of it that doesn't lend itself well to the story overall because there could have been a little more development in a lot of ways. And even the climax of it felt like it happened super quick and all of that. But I was still pretty charmed by it because I it felt like a fairy tale and I'm a sucker for stories that can give me that vibe. So while I didn't necessarily, you know, fall in love with main character Isabel or even the love interest in the story, or even with any character in the story really, I still liked it for what it was. So that was a pretty decent reading experience. I also, I forgot to say, I should have started with this. I finally finished reading Les Miserables last week. Oh boy, week. that's a big I, one. All right, what do we got? Before what the end we got? of April. And I have to say, like, I feel, first of all, I feel very accomplished because that's like a bookish bucket list thing for me, like to finish oh, reading. Oh, yeah. Not, not even the abridged version. Apparently there's an abridged version. Yeah, this there's is a the shorter hardcore... version. I read a longer version that's like a thousand something pages. Uh, regardless, it's been an interesting experience. Like, I think it helped that I already kind of knew the framework of the story and the main players in the story because I feel like otherwise I might have gotten a little overwhelmed or confused. And it's interesting to me to experience that story with this translation because it it inadvertently taught me way more about Parisian history and sewers and slang and the Napoleonic War than I ever wanted to know in my life. <laughs> Congratulations, um, you know so much more now. But that is just part of the story and once you kind of get the hang of how Victor Hugo, you know, words his narrative and he has a point every time he does that, it becomes this very interesting mix of history and questions of ethics and morality and it was fun to experience the characters in a new way this is not to say that there weren't times i did not struggle with it because i there were totally times that i struggled with it because it could be so dense and sometimes the characters could get really frustrating especially jean valjean and javert and marius who are like three of the main players in this story cosette especially though i do not like cosette at all but like it was it was very interesting i'm really glad i read it um i, I almost wish i had vlogged it because i feel like my reactions would have been so funny because all i did was i would just <laughs> go into the room and tell mackie like i need to say this well i certainly thing. found it amusing uh, it was very very amusing and you know there are a lot of actually very moving or interesting passages that describe things in the book or describe feelings in the book that i really liked so i have those like marked off somewhere but yeah i finally finished it i can't believe i finally finished it it only took me three ish months because i did not read it for a whole month before i picked it up again but it was great and i finally finished that and the last thing i'm going to mention is actually something maki talked about i got to read his draft of cold snap or the novella that he's calling cold snap and it was great i don't read a lot of sci-fi but this is the kind of sci-fi i generally prefer where it's like a huge ensemble cast and it's really accessible you don't really have to think too much about like how things work <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I'm not, it's hard I'm not for a... me to like go into sci-fi where it's a bit nitty-gritty and i know that works for some people but for me I'm, i'd like i'm more story based so i'd rather know the story and have the simplicity of understanding the technology because it's easy like it's accessible so it was a really fun story i really enjoy the characters they're probably my favorite part the story was fun like i wasn't expecting a lot of it which is hard like it's either because i don't read a lot of sci-fi and don't think about sci-fi yeah, it's, chances are, yeah. Yeah. It's sci-fi light, I want to say. But I really enjoyed it. I have a favorite character, but I'm not going to say who because that's kind of a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was great. Um, and if Mackie's plans go according to plan. According to plan. We're going to be talking about <laughs> we're gonna be talking some about bookish buzz. Soon. Uh, in June. That's yeah. that's going to be so, that's gonna be our target really release fun. date. And I had to mention it, obviously. Well, thank you, love. And that was great. And, um, and I'm so glad because my personal aesthetic as a writer is... 
you know, it's it's you got to have your target audience, right? I mean, even even the writers who have become like successful now, but were like fan fiction writers as kids and sort of like teens and even mm. adults and even still now, Lord knows that they're <laughs> they're still fan fiction writing or not. There's that thing I'm where sure you know, I subscribe to kind of like the Joss Whedon and Stephen King school of writing where. Uh, you know, for Stephen King, it's like, you know, think of your target audience, right? Think of your ideal reader. Uh, and you'll see that in his book on writing. And then you've got Joss Whedon, who from Buffy and Angel fame, obviously, Firefly, Dollhouse. And he was like, you know, to him, his definition of art is it's, it's you know, a, a chance to converse with your audience, right? It's like they, they throw something back at you and there's this discourse and resonance, I think, is what ties both, you know, my, my sort of like these mm. influences together. And, and, if, if, and if Alexa likes it... <laughs> I'm good. Like I don't like I don't even like I don't even like have to stress too much about like oh my gosh I'm a new writer what's what's gonna happen etc. But if I know that the people that I'm writing it for there's and there's a very specific group of people I'm writing for, I want to say, um, and it's and it's people like Alexa. <laughs> so if she likes his chance uh, likes it, chances are other people like her are, are, are gonna like it, and that's sort of enough for me. And then we'll see where, we, where it goes from there. Uh, yeah. So there is that. I, on the other hand, speaking of speaking of uh, some, some some stuff that we've been reading. I finally finished Dawn of X four, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh so again Marauders. It, this is the new, revamped X Men sort of storyline reboot that is not a reboot that is a really cool reboot because they didn't have to rewrite too much of history. They just sort of said, okay, everything up to this point happened, but here's how it's all going to proceed now because we changed everything, uh, in everyone's minds, and so the mutants are going to react like differently, which is super super cool. Um, and I gotta say, my you'll see a lot of more of this in my featured fandom later, and my featured fandom is going to be hyper specific. Dawn of X is one of the best X-Men series ever, ever to me personally. And, and, and yes, I have problems with it because where's X, you know, where's, where's, um, Honey Badger? (laughs) There's a bunch of other uh, characters that I wish would sort of were there, but then everyone is here. Literally everyone that is, everyone is here and everyone is united. I got to see Apocalypse in a suit at a UN type of, it's the wildest ride I've ever seen because just give the mutants everything they want and give them the upper hand for once and let's let them stop trying to be nice to everybody for the sake of being nice to everybody but being nice to everybody because they know they have the upper hand that's so new and I will not stop talking about that until we're sort of we're done but it just keeps ramping up and it's got the most bat shit crazy you know like story arcs that we've seen in a long time because Mm. we've never been in this place and so uh, you know what are the odds of Gorgon from like the hand playing bodyguard to like the core of the council um, which are Xavier Apocalypse and uh, Magneto right it's just wild wild it's just every excuse to get like Forge has his own like you know you know his job back of course as, as being like outfitter of the entire thing but he's doing it he's doing bioorganic tech now okay because of Krakoa so it's just I don't know, man. It's it's it, it's everything that any X Men lover sort of would want and appreciate. I, I I'm part of an X Men forum like on on Facebook and mm-hmm. some other stuff, and you know people miss the old comics, people miss the old things, and yeah, there's some things that you should, but but in terms of like but what is this new thing? Oh man, oh man, easily one of my favorites, like for sure. So highly recommend uh, getting some Dawn of X in your life. I am on the fifth book, um, and I am scared. I don't know how they're going to end it. I mean, I hear there's a seventh, but I think that's going to be a totally new cycle, kind of almost like Marvel's Phase 1, 2, and 3. 
so gosh it's just been it's just been super nuts but yeah that's that's what's been brewing i've been i'm still stuck in x-men land and probably will be so for the next couple of weeks so uh if you like x-men you're gonna like uh hearing this podcast Alrighty. um now we're gonna wind it down uh last couple of games uh, Alexis, starting with uh, and these are two, uh, these are our favorites respectively. We're gonna start with Alexis' favorite. This is a game called Otaku Obsessions. Otaku Obsessions. So this week, what is your otaku? By the way, for those of you who don't know, otaku's are sort of like I mean, it was a derogatory term at one point, but then people just started owning it, right? In in Japan, where you just sort of love anime and manga and Sorry, all things sort love. of you know. <laughs> and so now that's that, mildly putting it. Well. <laughs> it is a mild way of putting it right like mm-hmm. love it's such a small yet big word but yeah uh, but for this week what is that what is the one kind of like anime manga kind of j anything obsession that 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 you have i guess we're gonna have to well i guess i'm gonna have to say fruits basket again because you know holes <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> what i mean holes. by that is you know, I have fandom holes, and sometimes I will fall into them and be unable to leave. Ah, kind of like a rabbit hole, but yeah, a fandom and, hole. And, and that sort of recently happened with Fruits Basket. It's funny, because I think it was because of the last episode, where I was just like, let me just reread how it ends. Let me just reread, like, which I did, and it was great. I, I like, like, I know how the Fruits Basket manga ends, which means I know how the anime is going to end, unless they decide to also animate the spin-off series. But, like... Listen, I have a lot of feelings about Fruits Basket, <laughs> clearly. I just, I did not think ever in my life that I would enjoy so much an anime that is about this girl who gets involved with this family, where if you hug someone of the opposite gender, there are like 13 members of that family, where if you hug someone of the opposite gender, they turn into animals. Of the of the Chinese Zodiac. Of the Chinese Zodiac. And like, I, I did not expect to get so attached, and yet I should have, because it's like an ensemble huh. cast, obviously. Yeah. So like... Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about Fruits Basket. Also throw in the fact that I finally found the opening and ending credit songs for Fruits Basket, so I've also been Oh yeah, to those are song. great. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I just need I just need more Fruits Basket in my life. Can we take a moment to discuss how incredibly lush the art is? Oh yes, it's beautiful. And I don't just mean the opening and ending credits, which are by the way, like if there is top shelf, this is a higher shelf, right? Um, and I've seen a lot of, I mean, we've seen a lot of anime uh, openings and endings. And a lot of them are sort of like, you know, fresh off the press and, all, you know, whatever. And they look pretty nice and, and good. And, and uh, but, but Fruits Basket has this ethereal beauty to it that is so grounded in the mundane. Because it's not like a, like with the exception of like these family members turning into like Zodiac animals. So with the, with the exception of that, it's, it's really just sort of like slice of life. It's grounded in the mundane. And it's so beautiful. Abs- I'm, I'm like me I'm stunned it's to, you know and, and to think compared to like the first anime that came out and that was cool it was it, it looked like a product of its time yes. I want to say very it period does. anime uh, but this one is just my goodness it, it is it's not even like, pretty in the way some things are like hard and glossy and like you know sharp this is just like subtle but vibrant and it's uh, beautiful and then the, and then you put that kind of music to it oi Gibble, what a wonderful what a wonderful uh, kind of uh, anime my otaku obsession for the week is Still gonna it's gonna chance. have to be Final Fantasy VII, but the uh, but but the the remastered version of the of the of the '90s PlayStation game, uh, which because for for two reasons, number one, uh, to make it more accessible to everybody, they had released it on almost every platform ever, so there you can get Final Fantasy VII on your iOS for heaven's sake, 
um, uh, and, and to make it even easier to play because boy oh boy was that thing tedious they've added um, some features to it on all consoles and whatever where you can speed things up three times as fast so you're blasting through like maps and stuff like that you can eliminate encounters so that you're not bumping into creatures every like five seconds which by the way it was a problem it's like oh my god I've leveled up already I don't care about this stuff so to shut that off so you can just do the thing in that area and then move forward with your life is amazing. It gets you to the story quicker. And they added a, a third, I want to say, cheat in this, or probably, arguably, I don't know how you call it cheat. probably the only cheat, where you get to max out um, both your life and your MP bars. Okay. Just like random, like every time you're, it's your turn, it just, so unless really? the enemy, yeah, so unless the enemy kills you in one huh. shot, you will regenerate like right away and your limit break bar. Uh, which is like that super move thing that sort of gets you know um, eight, you you build it up. It's an ATB level, I think, or whatever that is, and and whatever. And so and I just like that. Oh, and by the way, because the game is so, so was so simple back then compared to how we do stories now, although it was elaborate for its time, I cleared up to the moment where I am right now in Final Fantasy VII the remake, uh, just in a day. Like <laughs> it was actually just an afternoon. Um, I cleared almost everything. I'm just like, oh my gosh, we're just here, right? Of course, the cheats helped, but because then you didn't have to grind too much and, and be strong. But but it's just great, and so I'm thoroughly obsessed with it. I, I I am geeking out about how the remake has really, 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 really been so faithful to the to the source material. Even Alexa noticed it's like, oh my god, it's like the exact same thing, and and that's lovely. Cool. Now for my favorite game, uh, which as I keep saying it, every other podcast or probably every podcast at this point in time. This is the game that spawned this podcast because we are shipper trash extraordinaire in this in this household, um, and uh, sans the use of actual ship names because you know whether you use them or not, you should. I, I don't really use. Ship Who names. cares? Um, and and uh, that is a game called uh, Shipwreck or Ahoy. Shipwreck or Ahoy. So Shipwreck or Ahoy is when we talk about the ships that we. Th- that we loved this week and uh, and whether or not they sailed in which case ahoy or they sort of crashed and sunk to the bottom of the in a sea of tears hence wreck so uh, Lex this week shipwreck or ahoy how fares the seas where you are well I can't even name my ship because it's technically a spoiler for cold snap so I'm not gonna say who I ship Yuki with but it's a Yuki ship this ship has it sailed, but it also hasn't sunk. Maybe slightly damaged at some point, but you know, <laughs> it's still afloat. So it remains to be seen whether or not it's going to sail because Cold Snap is actually the first in the series. So guess we'll have to find out. And guess you guys will find out. If you know me at all, if you do read Cold Snap in June, you will know exactly who I ship because it's fairly obvious. <laughs> you read Cold Snap in June, you'll know who. It's fine. We'll talk about it again in June. <laughs> It's going to be great. What a great day uh, that would be to sort of like talk about that because I do I do believe it. I, I have my ships on that in, in that book too, but as Alexa sort of pointed out, I don't think I've decided, but um, but yeah, it's it's part of it. I, it's, it's my attempt to sort of like combine that shonen aspect of, of what a cool story with a background and there's like fights and it's really, really kind of like real. They're real honest to goodness fights um, th- that don't involve... Uh, that 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 do involve like like lots of tactics and that kind of deal, mm. and and that kind of shoujo-y kind of like oh my god it's a real relationship it's yeah. not just we got married in the end because I finally thought that she liked me and we had a date on the moon and now I'm Hokage, you know what I mean? So it, <laughs> none of that, but that that was fine too and it's valid. It's just I I like a little bit more um, angst and romance in my 
in, in my stories. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, shipped, um, and speaking of Naruto, <laughs> my brother sent me, and it brought it back all over. And this is maybe the fourth time that we've talked about it, but I just cannot get over it. My brother sent me a photo of um, Konohamaru and Hanabi in the ramen shop drunk and i'm just like these two better get their crap together i swear to god oh. because i'm still not over that i think especially because are we ever going to get them together who knows especially because alexa and i uh, finally got to watch that that spoilery thing that i told her about last week uh, oh, yeah, about konohamaru uh f- you know winning his tune in like f- you know like flak jacket right so in my head i'm just like how is this loud noisy little thing the super cool arguably hottest teacher that konoha has ever produced in a while if not at all i think he's up there like who are the hottest konoha like like three-man team teachers i mean you know what i mean like because you can put him right next to minato but that hair though puts him out of the running a little bit there's asuma but then there's the smoking and plus he's more of like a daddy bear type deal than he is anything that probably means something else in some other circles and i'm aware of that but let's go with that anyway because hey you know what i don't i don't think either sex is going to complain <laughs> or either preference or either orientation who's what's to not love about asuma but in terms of like super super super, super like the most attractive oh my god nothing questionable yeah the smoking kind of puts him down not even the looks um so who who like and there's Kakashi who is we all know Kakashi's hot that doesn't even that doesn't even bear like he's and, the only he's and, the only one that I would actually rank that and high. yet and yet Konohamaru it's okay seems we know to... that you like Konohamaru better <laughs> I he's still not no matter what Kakashi will always be the first for me like hot in terms of, like we're not talking about terms... like awesomeness we're talking about like hotness yeah really that's interesting yeah, because Kakashi's great. Okay, that's cool. That's all right. Fair. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's 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 valid. But but either way, I totally ship him with Hanabi. Oh, we all a do. A million percent. Like that's a thing. So that that ship has just waiting. Just waiting. That hasn't sunk or sailed or anything yet. But so we're just on it. But I think I think today's uh, shipwrecker hoy is just we're just on it. Which finally lands us on the final uh, segment of this of today's podcast, featured fandom. Featured fandom. Featured fandom. Featured fandom. Alrighty, featured fandom, where we talk about the one fandom that to us was the prevalent, dominant, the one that shined the most, the one that gave us the most feelings for the week, or just the one that we just really had to talk about, or just thought, hey, we gotta shout this one down. Um, in uh, in which uh, in which case, uh, Lex, what is your featured fandom? Remember how I talked about holes, like. A couple of minutes ago. Yeah, fandom holes. They are a... Yeah, uh... I went... I, I tripped and somehow found myself in the bleach hole again. Like, I had just gotten out of that Oh, hole. wow. Bleach fanfic. And I'm like in that this... That is a thing. It's not even just fanfic. It's like bleach in general. Like, there's this weird urge I have to rewatch the entire thing, which is weird because... You guys... Okay. Here's the thing about bleach. Like, I love it. I think the world is great. I enjoy the characters tremendously. Some of the arcs are really good. And yet... In the middle of all that, there are also moments in the anime where I'm like, this is just going to put me to sleep because that's just how it is. I I still love it. There's a part of me that kind of wants to read the manga. And then there's the other part where I'm like, I'd rather just let the new, especially the new arc, because I haven't read the whole thing. I know the I know some of the big key events, but I haven't read the whole thing. And here's the thing, like a part of me is like, I should read the manga so I know what I'm in for. And the other part's like, nah, I don't want to know what I'm <laughs> in for. So instead, what I've been doing is I've kind of been going back and just, you know, reviewing it, it, like quick reviewing like the different arcs that have already happened yeah so i really like 
the Save Rokia arc, that's probably the best of the actual arcs oh, no. for me. Oh, no, for sure. Because I, the, my problem with the Hueco Mundo arc, the Save Orihima arc, is kind of like, it drags on too much. Um, it, it, it really does. Uh, but I do have a favorite filler arc that's not... Well, favorite filler arc, obviously. That's not part of, like, what actually happens. It's the one with the Zanfactos, which only happens, I think, in the anime. It's great. Right. I still love it tremendously. It's probably my favorite to watch because it's just so entertaining. And, and, and let's break that down a little bit, right? Because in the manga, and obviously for those of you who have not watched Bleach, uh, we totally recommend it, only because there are still some gems in there, even if so much of it is complete and utter garbage that you're just like, oh my god, they made him do this, and this is like, all right, this is all I've got. Until finally it got its legs back, and then it died in the end. So, um, Bleach is a story about a guy named uh, Ichigo Kurosaki. He... <laughs> like, it died. Hey man, we're gonna make jokes about that dying in the end real soon. So Ichigo, <laughs> so Ichigo Kurosaki, Ichigo Kurosaki, and spoilers. Okay, by the way, again, this is fandom buzz. Oh, can so this I is read these, them this by is a this... very short paragraph description? Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go Wait, read, I have to read. Look for it, but there is because fandom buzz is all about like spoilers, right? Oh, yes. um, where where we can and want to and should, then that's what this is because this is you know where the feelings come out. Like we can hardly rant for this long on Alexa loves books, so this is exactly where we're gonna rant. And we can't rant about everything that we rant about here on Alexa loves books. So you know what? We're gonna talk about it here. And this is really more, I think, fandom therapy for you and me, Lex, than I is realize it? it is, is anything it else. Therapy? Like it's not so much a service to other people as it is like some strange kind of voyeuristic offer in uh, like offering into like the in, insight of our geeky lives all right here we go guys here we this go here we go found it okay so i said bleach is a shonen anime that centers around ichigo kurosaki who finds himself dragged into the world and subsequently the conflicts of shinigami basically soul reapers on the night he agrees to take on the powers of a badly injured soul reaper named rukia kuchiki not only are there consequences for Rukia giving her powers to a human boy, but there is a bigger conflict afoot that might shift the world of humans and Shinigami entirely. It's up to Ichigo and company to figure out how to prevent that from happening. Dot, 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 Somebody dot. should pay you to blurb the frag out of Bleach. I'm uh, telling you, that is just, so good. It's so, it's so great. Like That I, is such a great the, description. That is the heart of the story, really. It's just about... This boy who inadvertently finds himself involved in something he never would have imagined would and, be part of his life. And and with said powers changes the whole freaking world. Exactly. It's amazing. It's so great. And, I love and, it so much. And so here's the thing, right? So the first arc, and ironically, Alexa loved all of this stuff. I skip all of it, right? Was just him figuring it out. And they're like fighting like these creatures called hollows, which is what the, the, which is what the soul reapers sort of fight while they're trying to, you know, release souls into, like, the afterlife. That's the whole deal. Like, there are some, some you know, bad creatures called hollows that just eat I souls. I love that arc. That kind of deal. And then out of nowhere, because Rukia is caught by the large... And she's part of something... The Shinigami are divided into 13 squads, right? Each one with a specific uh, captain and vice captain and role in the, in the afterlife yeah. world. Um, her squad catches, you know, not her, her squad, but a different squad is sent uh, to, you know... Uh, take her in for her crimes which is giving her power away to a mortal like you mm -hmm. don't do that and Ichigo you know having formed these bonds with her and with a bunch of other you know kind of super powered individuals as well have to go rescue her now and have to get strong and he's effect effectively fighting uh, you know the 13 court guard squads and it's very Harry Potter in the sense that the conflicts reveal you know, like the conflict arcs reveal little by little about, reveal the world little by little, mm. right? So you've got the world of Soul Reapers, awesome. And then you've got like 13 court squads that you have to fight right now. And that's the Rescue Rukia arc. And then once you realize that there is a larger enemy, hello, one of them is a traitor, 
who now involves himself with the with their counterparts on the hollow side lord knows that we didn't know that existed um now the world is larger and now the apocalypse is coming and then some garbage in the middle called Fulbrings which is like I think what happened was it was supposed to end there and then they they told the author make more and he's like that was all I had but go some go make some anyway and he's like alright fine and so it wasn't stellar right it, it was a weird way to get Ichigo back his powers and that didn't make sense and it, like by the time you end the Fulbring arc it's like well that, there was kind of no point to all of this power gaining because they were just going to give him his powers back Anyway, so oh, why? Like, it's a weird ass detour. It felt like a filler built into canon, which is strange to me because the filler that they that they actually made in the in the movies in between the, the, the this arc, where they met their swords. Right. By the way, Shinigami had this power where their swords can manifest a second form, and for captains, a third and final form that only captains can produce called bankai, and the second forms are called shikai. And, um, and they have personalities and they change shape, that kind of deal. There was this random fillery arc where somebody just, you know, disconnected everybody's Zanpakuto, their swords from everybody, and they manifested, and now you gotta fight your own sword. That was great. That was... My favorite thing about this, by the way, side note, is that it was my featured fandom, and I somehow got Maggie to start talking about it, too. <laughs> so great! But it's so good! Well, it's, I think one of the strengths that Bleach has is... The core, the core of it, the setting and the characters specifically are very, very good. Like, they're really well done. Do I kind of wish that you got more? Sure, but this is manga. You're not really gonna get like yeah. the same level of detail you're gonna get in a novel, for instance, or a light novel even. And same goes for anime. You get what you get, and generally there's a specific character that's focused on, and that's the character who yeah. you see grow the most and you grow up with. However, I think like for me, like what what Bleach does extremely well is that it makes it so easy to understand the hierarchy in that world, yeah, yeah, and how that works, and there are very specific rules, and you also get to watch as Ichigo breaks all of them and, and reshapes them into something different, and that and, and invites all the people in this world to also rethink their choices. Biakuyaku Chiki, I'm looking at you, <laughs> kidding, <laughs> but, but I love him. But that's actually a time honored tradition of what makes a shonen anime a an actual shonen anime. Like it, it's so distinct to all shonen anime, is is there is a power system, a a power grid, or a very very clear ranking uh, of sorts in society both according to your skill ability power blah 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 and the main character always manages to break it and the story gets cooler as people find more and more ways to break that norm and bleach does that pretty darn well mm -hmm. when it does so it's great i love bleach so much and yes i did fall down a fanfic hole also but that's neither here nor there <laughs> and i'm it... always in a fanfic hole <laughs> Uh, Bleach, yes, indeed. So, so yeah, that that's that's pretty much what that is. What's I, your featured fandom? I just want to give a nice, quick shout out to Storm, uh, from the X Men, Aurora Monroe. For those of you who are not familiar, Storm was played. You may have watched the X Men movies. Mm -hmm. Storm in the earlier movies was played by Halle Berry, and then um, and this nice young lady, uh, Alexandra something, uh, uh, you know, played uh, Storm in um, the first class, and uh, you know, like the newest movies, Dark Phoenix. Um, I think her name is Alexander Ship. There you go. That's 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 totally her. She, I, I'm 100% sure that she played Storm. And um yeah, uh I I think she's really one of the core members of the X-Men. There were parts of X-Men history 
where she and Scott Summers were sort of at odds because they're, you know, Scott's like a, like a soldier and Storm is a goddess. There's a difference in thinking there. She eventually, at one point in time, she ends up marrying T'Challa, king of Wakanda. Yeah, so Black Panther. Yeah, he was married to Storm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, it was the wedding of the century. is the one thing that stopped the Civil War for like eight seconds between Cap's side and, and, and Tony Stark's side. And, of course, that marriage didn't sort of turn out too well. But for her to oh. sort of be queen of Wakanda at one point in time... And to, to always be sort of like revered as a goddess in the Serengeti, and to to be one of the pillars of the X Men, and now one of the one of the council members of Krakoa, that runs the nation, girl does not mince words. The girl has some choice quotes where she, you know Sebastian Shaw's also part of the thing. He's one of the X Men like bad guys, and he's part of the council too mm. because Emma vouched for him and wanted a seat at the council, and she gave it to Sebastian. And Sebastian's making these dumb jokes, and then Storm is like, "As this is because they're called the Quiet Council." And Storm goes, "As this is the Quiet Council, we're going to ask you to stay silent or something to that effect." And then she's on the Marauder, uh, which is a ship uh, with with Kitty Pride, because they're trying to rescue the mutants that couldn't get to the to, okay. to, to Krakoa. And they just happen to land on a, on, a, on a place where one of the bad guys, well, I think it was uh, the Madripoor, where one of the bad guys basically, um, you know, has power dampening fields. And so when they realize when when she she and, uh, and Bishop get ambushed and she realizes oh my gosh there's a power dampening field nobody can like you know that's Bishop actually who's like oh no we can't use our powers mm. and then they, and then the bad guys make the mistake of telling her how do you feel now without your your weapons or your powers or something like that and Storm whips out dead ass whips out a knife stabs the dude in the eye and says something to the effect of do not presume that I am not the weapon or some crap it's amazing. This and and for for and here's the thing: Storm was a badass then when the mutants didn't have the upper hand. Yeah. Now that they do, that girl is 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 taking nothing. Like she is not stopping for anybody. She's basically Beyonce, like <laughs> like she's just the queen of everything now, and she's just that's it. Like just whatever, and and she's a figurehead, and they look to her, and that regalness has a place in this in in this in this country in this nation of of of, of mutants. And I have never loved Storm more than I than I have in the last few sort of books. She's just amazing. So, yeah, a little shout out, a little Storm fandom. He's still an X Men. I'm a hundred percent. Oh, I'm sorry. Yours is probably a cave. It's a it's it's a it's a lifestyle. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and that is that. So so yeah, and 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 that that's definitely gonna wind up in the episode title because Storm of the X Men. Mm. That's pretty much you know, Storm of Krakoa. Should I? No, I don't know. Like that's a thing. But um. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that ends our show for today. Uh, alas, we have—it's uh, it's about an hour. <laughs> Told you we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. This is not the day. This is not the day. But um, one day. One day. One day. We're, we're gonna have less things to talk about. But um, I don't know. You think there's so few topics, but so many things to, to feel about. Um, so again, we hope everybody is staying safe. We hope yes, everybody is staying good. healthy. We are so close to losing our you know collective cool sometimes that that it's really just a good idea to like take a step back and and, and remember that you know we're all in this together and, and, and there's there's a lot of stuff at stake here and, and we just gotta sit tight until we find a real solution to this thing so um we're, our hearts go out to you for going through a particularly rough time especially if you have if you have relatives like parents or stuff that you sort of live with and you know it's it's, it's a little scary or you have kids right um so uh, yeah um wishing you all, all the best and uh, uh, tune in next week for more stuff and until then we hope, hope you, you enjoyed, enjoyed the, the buzz, buzz.
Hey, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Fandom Buzz. You can also find us talking about our recent reads and our book hauls on youtube.com slash alexalovesbooks and find all of Alexa's book reviews on alexalovesbooks.com. Thank you.